Welcome. You're tuned into the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I came here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, this week we are celebrating one moon cycle, one month of the Living in Rhythm podcast, which we're super excited about. And as this session is being recorded, we are in a waning crescent moon in Pisces, that left side illuminated. We'll get into that. This waning crescent moon will soon be phasing into a new moon in Aries, the first new moon of the astrological new year of the spring. And so we'll get into a little bit more about that. There's some cool astrological transits happening with the new moon. Uh, We also want to get into a little bit more about the nodes of the moon that are happen to be in Taurus and Scorpio right now, which I call the axis of love and power. So we'll, we'll touch base on a little bit of that and some of the transits that are happening there. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into some core calibration, the art of centering around our true center of gravity and actualizing true embodiment so that it becomes a living practice that we're doing on a day-to-day basis in our day-to-day lives because (laughs) it's a lifestyle. This is true. All right, let's get into it. As we ease into this session, I'd like to take a moment to tune in again, like we did last weekend, just become aware of our true center of gravity, feeling into our our deepest center and our heartbeat so we can establish that rhythm and really ground some energy, which will really assist us in taking the cosmic and the subtle energies to the next level. So grounding to really find that find that true rhythmic timing that we each have. So take a moment and find your seat or your feet (laughs) and just root into the earth for a moment and let that breath work come into the body, in and out of the body, your own breath's timing. And as you feel into your center of gravity, observe the right side, the left side of you, the front side, and the back side of you, the horizontal plane, and that vertical plane, vertical axis. And then just take a nice deep breath and fill in out all the dimensions, fill out all the angles of your space bubble or your Glenda the Good Witch bubble. I also refer to it as the field, your center of gravity and your field. So take take a breath or two there and just energize all the dimensions and the angles of your field. And your own timing is the best timing, always. And then we just want to tune into the rhythm of the heartbeat. Sometimes it's helpful to put the hands on the chest, on the heart, whether it be the center or off to the left. 
And sometimes it helps to close the eyes. It's up to you. But just really feel that rhythmic nature of your heartbeat. And in your own breaths, timing with your own rhythmic heartbeat, allow that pulse to ripple into your field, just creating circulation, oxygenation, and flow within your body and without your body around your, around your field. And just allow that rhythm and that breath to regulate. Once again, your timing is the best timing. Believe that. Okay. Hmm. I want to get into this moon business. It's always about the moon. Um, as I am recording this session, we are in a waning crescent moon. And so like we've been talking about when it's a waning moon phase, it's the left side of the moon is illuminated. And it occurred to me that, you know, there are obviously certain times that are more, the moon's view is more accessible. That moon's view is accessible depending on its relationship to the sun, which is really interesting. So that waning crescent moon is illuminated on the left side, which we've talked about in quite a few sessions. What's super special and unique about this particular waning crescent moon is that it's in Pisces at 23 degrees. And it's, if we could see Neptune with our naked eye in the sky, we would see a crescent moon next to Neptune. Exactly, 23 degrees. So we have a moon conjuncting Neptune. And then Jupiter is close behind at 20 degrees. So we could see Jupiter. You can probably see Jupiter in the sky right now with that moon. It's like that Jupiter moon vibe for sure. Like we talked about actually with the Pisces new moon had a Jupiter connection too, right? So um, this waning crescent is conjuncting Neptune and Jupiter. And I've been talking so much about Neptune and Jupiter the last few weeks. It's going to be the story for the next couple of weeks as well, because we're coming up on where that conjunction, that connection of them coming together in the sky is going to be exact. It's pretty close. We're within three degrees right now, but it's really close. And the fact that the moon is there is kind of hearkening in my perspective, it's hearkening to some insights into what's to come with this Neptune-Jupiter conjunction. That 23 degrees is the, is the degree. And what I would say about that is that the, the moon is always asking us to reflect on our emotional state as well as our intuitive state, really being able to tune into the sensing of of feeling our emotions and also feeling our guidance a little bit more. And I've talked again so much about this Neptune and Jupiter relationship and that the Neptune is bringing on a higher love frequency, an unconditional love frequency, which is, oh, it's just, it, it actually feels like a really beautiful blessing. And again, like there are certain astrologers that will say this is also a cause for some delusion and disillusionment, which is really true. We can get lost in some of the Neptunian energy. However, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be choosing the half full, the glass half full situation and really looking and offering up ways that we can actually maximize these transits. And I'll always recognize the pitfalls. However, it's like, stay up. 
stay up. These are the days we have to act. And what's what we're going to be talking about today in that embodiment. It's, this is, these are the days to practice what we've learned and what we know, the lessons our lives have taught us. And so with this Neptune conjuncting the moon specifically, and that, like I said, that Jupiter's close behind, but with that moon and, and Neptune, I believe there's a real opportunity to activate a like the higher consciousness, a spiritual consciousness in accordance with our intuition and our guidance. And so a lot of the conversations I've been having with students and clients in the last week or so as this has been come these last few days as this has been coming closer and closer is that there is a lot of psychic energy available right now. There is a lot of spiritual energy right now. And as I've been saying so much, we are in a real time of seeding and beginning. We're ending new cycles and or ending old cycles and beginning new cycles, which is just asks us to stay so focused and present with that, which is for me, it's very much about holding this higher vibration of love, being open and honest and, and true to our intuitive state our intuitive states, our intuitive qualities, that part of us that's looking to nurture and to be nurtured. And I'm feeling like that Neptune is offering a, up a healing and a spiritual upgrade. So, you know, you could activate a little bit higher. You could get higher if you want. And, or you could get higher other ways. And uh, it's about getting higher through the love frequency rather than the things that are are depleting energy or bringing things down. So pay attention to that. Where's the energy? Where's the focus around my, around spiritual energy or intuition specifically? And then always Jupiter's going to amplify that. It's just going to come in and, and turns it all up. So I feel like if we can, as much as we can, when we have the energy to be focusing on really putting the dreams and the visions of the future in a higher vision, in a higher state. So it's easy to get, obviously, with the state of the world and the news, it's easy to be brought down and to feel as though there's a lot of destitution out there. However, I feel like this is a really great opportunity to, again, like aim for what the world that we want to see. Aim for put the prayers and the spiritual guidance and the intention around dreaming the higher frequency dream, the thing, the dream that makes us feel good, the dream that's giving, giving more energy and, and helping each other rather than fearing or bringing each other down or separating. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of separation happening too. And I just feel like the more we can all start to recognize that we're all higher, you know, we all have the capability of, of a higher consciousness and that we're being asked to raise that. These are the days we're being asked to raise our consciousness right now, straightforward. So choose the higher path. That's the way I look at it. Now, as the moon continues to wane towards the new moon phase, the moon will become it will, we, it'll be so close to the sun that we won't be able to see it. That's what makes a new moon a new moon, is the moon and the sun are on the same side of the earth. The sun and the moon are in the sign of Aries at 11 degrees. 
So that's pretty cool. I love the number 11, just I just do. Those of you that know me well know how much I love 11. (laughs) Uh, So with the sun and the moon in Aries, this actually marks the first full, the first new moon of the astrological new year. So this is like the first new moon where we've, we've completed an old lunar cycle, but we're beginning the new one in the new season of spring. And so that Aries moon is super interesting because the Aries, again, is all about unapologetically me, is the phrase, unapologetically me, nurturing the self, really honoring the self, putting the energy and the willpower of the self and the identity Now with that sun and moon together, we're getting a combination of the light and the power and the drive of the sun with the intuition, the subtle energy, the subconscious energies and the intuitive energies of the moon. So it's a beautiful yin and yang in this state of the self. And so I would also say that with a new, with a moon, an Aries moon, it's it's asking us to have a little bit more gut or like a more action because it's actually ruled by, by Mars, but this action and this will, this instinctual state of engaging. So it's cool because with that, all of that moon quality we've been talking about coming from the Pisces and then being coming, you know, lining with the sun in Aries, I feel like it's asking us to take steps in, like if you're feeling inspired to take action, these are the, this is, this Aries moon really does represent that just going for it aspect. It is head first. Aries is the ram. So it's head first into life, into ideas. It's all about following that instinct, that gut instinct. And, you know, instinct is different than intuition, and I feel like sometimes with the intuition, you, we could get a little bit, we could hesitate or linger in the feelings of intuition, but with instinct, it's always like a hard yes or a hard no with an instinct kind of vibe. And so I love that idea of like really using the instinctual quality of the Aries to help to push that intuition. So, so really we're building more trust around it is the way I look at it. We're building trust around that instinctual trust around our intuition. So beautiful. And so there's that. This new moon happens on, in mountain time, it happens on April 1st, Friday, April 1st at 1225 AM. So if you're mountain time into the east, it's going to be on April 1st. Pacific and, you know, Hawaii, what's up? Aloha, Hawaiian crew then you're, you're going to be experiencing the new moon on 3.31, Thursday, in the middle of the night. You know, so that's kind of neat. It's always fun to check in and tune in to see, like, everyone's got apps on their phones where they can check in with the the sunrise or the sunset time, the, the lunar phase is in my weather app, you know, and it tells me when the moon is rising and setting. And so that'll that's really helpful, I think. So Check in with that if you're looking for the exact time. So mountain time, we're experiencing it at 12.35 a.m. on April 1st. And at that time, we'll have the sun and the moon at 11 degrees, like I said. And then we're going to have Mercury. The planet Mercury has made its way through Pisces into Aries. And so it's kind of interesting, too, because Mercury really expresses that its expression, its communication, messaging, expression, 
on. And in Aries, it's like off the hip. It is like, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to speak it, speak it, speak it. It's a sharp tongue. (laughs) It's a sharp tongue. So uh, be mindful of that. And um, we'll also have Chiron at 12 degrees. So we'll have, so it kind of goes in a row. We have Mercury at nine, the sun and the moon at 11, and then Chiron is an asteroid. It's at 12 degrees. And I love talking about Chiron and the nodes of the moon specifically beyond the planets. Those are some of the two points that I reference in charts. Chiron, it looks like a key. It's like a little circle with a K on top, but it kind of looks like a, a key symbol. And I'll, I often talk about, we'll be talking a little bit more about Chiron We'll we'll talk about it quite a bit moving forward because it's a lot of people are having Chiron returns right now, which is kind of neat. And so anyway, we'll get more into that later. But Chiron, I look at it as like a key in the chart. It's It's the place where we can really activate healing and growth for our highest potential. And the, the mythology around Chiron is that Chiron is the wounded healer. And so there's this whole idea around that the things that we consider our wounds or detriments to our, to our selves end up being sometimes our superpower. And so the Chiron kind of gives insights into that. And like I was saying, with the moon and the sun, so that instinct and intuition coming together with the expression of Mercury and then the healing quality of Chiron, we're in a really, we're in a real cool opportunity to heal our own self expression and our ability to actually communicate with ourselves and the world around us. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at this, this new moon. And one thing I will say about a new moon chart, when we look at, you know, we could pull charts for astrology charts for everything under the sun. And one thing I would say though, that's fun to do. I love doing is looking at charts for new beginnings. Like, so when you were born, we look at your chart and at your astro chart, your birth chart, and it marks the moment of your birth. And we can kind of tell a story from that moment and, and on into the future and actually into the past too, but that's more about that later also. (laughs) So on a new moon, this moon kind of represents this lunar, the life of this moon phase. So every new moon is a new chart. Every new beginning of the season, we can look at a new chart for the beginning of that season, and it'll kind of tell the story or give us in astrological insight into that particular cycle or that phase. So this is the Aries moon chart, which means that over the next lunar cycle or month, until we get a new moon in Taurus, we're obviously going to be having transitions and such, but this, this chart kind of marks the phase, the beginning of this new, this new moon. And so again, we have a real opportunity to tune into the growth of, and, and our understanding of our own self-expression and our own willingness to tune into the way that the world is communicating us to us through our intuition and our instinct. And hopefully get some healing from that. Wouldn't that be extra credit and great? So that's the moon phasing for this this upcoming week, but this also this next month. Some other things that are really interesting about the astrological transits that are happening over this 
this um, next week is that w- we got the nodes of the moon really activating. They, I touched base on this last week, but they're really starting to kick into to gear. We're going to have a little bit more potency in some of these these um, angles, and I want to talk more about that today. So the nodes of the moon, like I said last week, the nodes of the moon are the places where the Earth's orbit and the sun's orbit cross paths. And generally when that, and that it's a point in space and generally speaking, that point is when that happens, there's basically an alignment of the sun, the moon, and the earth all within a certain alignment of a degree of one another. So the nodes of the moon really mark these beautiful points in time and space. Often I will refer to the nodes of the moon along with Pluto and sometimes to a lesser degree, the moon and Venus, I'll refer to the nodes of the moon and Pluto as evolutionary pathways. There are places in the chart where we can start to look at ways that we can evolve, so to speak. I always look at it as like the soul is going for an evolutionary journey. It wants to have an evolutionary experience in this lifetime. And we can kind of see the pathway of that, the evolutionary pathway through the nodes of the moon. Now, in Vedic astrology and ancient Indian and Hindu text, there is this idea that the north node represents the head of the dragon, and the south node represents the tail of the dragon. And it really is this like rhythmic S wave up and down, like a wave pattern, really, that happens with the nodes of the moon. And that north node, that head of the dragon, is taking us into the future while the tail is flickering. Like I always think of it as like a, a wave, like a flickering wave that's kicking off and releasing old. It's actually like almost like it's moving from and evolving through that south node. So the south node often can represent the past while the north node can represent the future. And it's really interesting. I have this saying, you know, me and my sayings, I have this saying that I like to say, you know, and I don't think I'm the only one, but it everywhere you go, there you are. And it's, it's common in astrology or just in some of this conversation of people having that we're trying to like drop the south node and get away from the south node almost like it's the past. We should leave it in the past. However, there is an understanding that can come from knowing where we've been. And sometimes we have to work those. The, I, I was talking about this a few weeks ago with the polarity and that we have to work the axis, the balance between where we're going and where we've been in order to really, truly get present and in the moment. It's a beautiful balance again, you know, so uh, this will start to come, hopefully this will start to make more sense as we get into these studies and they really show up with the eclipses, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. But there, there are some potent uh, um, astrological aspects that are happening right now with these nodes. And so right now, the nodes of the moon are in the zodiacs, the zodiac signs. The north node is in Taurus and the south node is in Scorpio. And so Taurus is sort of the idea of where we're trying, we're moving into Taurus energy with this nodal axis which I represents as love and the embodiment um, in the third dimension, 
It's very third dimensional sensory experience in the Taurus energy. While the south node being in Scorpio, the polar opposite of Taurus, is very much around uh, oriented around the mystic side, the unveiled side, the magical and subtle energies, rather than the Taurus, which is more third dimensional and sensory. The Scorpio is more mystical and unveiled. It's the it really does represent magic and mystery and in the mystical is the, the words I like to use for Scorpio. And so the other word is power, not just power and control, but like power and sexual power and energetic power and like my battery is full type of power. So that power that this this polarity this oppositional energy between Taurus and Scorpio I call it the axis of love in power and I feel like this as the nodes which spend approximately 18 months in each sign as the nodes they just settled into Taurus and Scorpio we're working this axis of really refining and defining our sense of love in all the ways, in the third dimensional way, in the sensory experience way, which represents our eyes, our ear, like our senses, our five senses, and then the sixth sense of intuition again. You know, so our eyes, our ears, our sense of smell, our sense of taste, our sense of feeling, our touch, um, and intuiting. You know, so we have that love, and then we have the power truly, truly taking our energy our power and our energy and harnessing that. And also, so like, that's like the high, again, that's the high road of it. What we, what we'll see through this transit too, is this, there is going to be this interplay of people looking to show love, give love, receive love, and play with the energy around the power of giving and receiving that love. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. One of the things I've been noticing a lot is the, the, power struggle that kind of is going on within different groups, within, within the political setting, within the social settings, where there's a lot of quote unquote power struggles that are happening right now. And I feel like, again, being able to tune into ourselves, find that center of gravity, really relate to our own rhythmic timing. That's when we can start to align ourselves to our true nature of embodying and being love, and also being able to harness our power without giving it away unnecessarily or trying to take it from others. So you want to look at that in your life. So that's like the axis of the love and power of Taurus and Scorpio. And this week, particularly, we have Saturn, which is in Aquarius, squaring them. And then Venus is also squaring the nodes. As I speak tonight, Venus is exactly squaring them at 23 degrees, while Saturn is at 21 degrees, and it'll move up over the next week. So they're they're still within that range of basically a square, which we've talked about the squares a lot. They're uh, it's a representative of a half moon, which sort of shows me this balancing between illumination and darkness. It also shows this balance between there's like at any time when you see a square, there's an energetic 
action. There's, there's like friction there that, that causes us to have to act. That's the way I look at it. And it shows up as a 90 degree angle in a chart. If you have squares, you'll, you'll notice this. That's, that's where there's, there's energy that needs to be engaged in, in order to like really get through something. Now, when we see it with the nodes, squaring the nodes specifically, that is an action and a choice that is basically going to be taking us into an evolutionary path. You know, so again, the nodes define our evolutionary pathway if, from my perspective. And so there's a real opportunity right now to look at the Saturnus structures. Aquarius is the future. We're looking at future idea, ideas around our future structure of our love and power. With the Venus in there, Venus is our value systems, our monies, our things that we find, the things that we find beautiful and aesthetically pleasing, the true love, like that is Venus is very much love as well, which is the ruler, the ruling planet of Taurus. That's part of the reason why I get that love thing. So it's squaring where it's like, okay, we have to really, I feel like there's some choices that have to be made um, that, you know, on a lot of levels, like no pressure guys, but like, it is a little bit of like an evolutionary moment where with that square, it's like, you know, if you go down this direction, this can happen. If you go down that road, we're at a crossroads. A lot of us are at crossroads right now. And so you can kind of use that new moon energy to tune in again, see like, what's the best for myself? Where's my intuition? Where's my instinct? What's my gut instinct? How can I tune into the feedback of the universe, the feedback of the world, the synchronicities that happen in my life from day to day that are guiding me down the evolutionary pathway? And to really honor that sense of like, in my heart, I'm like, we have to keep choosing future. It's easy to want to go back or to tune into the past or to have things go back to the way they blah, blah, blah. However, this, this North node squaring the Saturn, particularly with the, with the Venus is asking us to take the new value systems that we've been establishing and the new structures that we're willing to put energy and time into and really choose those, choose, make a choice that's going to nurture humanity and ourselves for the future. That's the message from the square. The other really cool thing that's happening with the nodes of the moon Cool or not, I don't know. I love the nodal, uh, I say that lightly. The nodes are, you know, there's there's big lessons and information through the nodal transits. And so, yeah, it's it's very, very, it's very potent in the sense that it, it define, it can really help guide us into the future or it can hold us back into the past or even like, or really hold us in the moment, like frozen. I was talking about this last week. It could kind of freeze us and keep us from evolving and moving forward, which is just so sad. We don't want that. So one of the other aspects that are pretty notable right now is that, and I spoke of this actually last week, but it's exact right now, that South Node is trining, that South Node in Scorpio is trining the Neptune in Pisces. This is the water signs. There's there there's a watery element, which again harkens to the intuition and the guidance and the spiritual consciousness. That's a lot of that Neptune and the higher love frequencies, making a trine, making an angle that's supportive and fluid to 
again, that which we can let go of. And so that which we're evolving from, that which is taking our power. And so we're, we're, we're being guided to like ask for more higher power, more higher calling in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual consciousness. And really, again, I, ca- I just have to keep saying it's a higher love frequency. So that south node in Scorpio can really be revealing or just like, I mean, it is, it sometimes like pulls back the under, you know, it pulls back the rug where we can see all the things that were swept under the rug. (laughs) And so it's like, we're really wanting to do a spiritual cleanse with this South node trining the Neptune. And I feel like as we clear and we get really, really centered and present, we can start to visualize and conceptualize again, the future, the the direction that we want to go. Like we're taking our power back right now. It is a self-empowerment time. And the more that we can all in our own way, do our own personal healing, our own personal centering and grounding our energy, being able to access that higher power, that higher love frequency, then we can start to visualize and conceptualize the world that we're looking to see as we transmute and evolve from some of this heaviness that we've been experiencing on the planet over the last couple of years. So really tuning in, just tuning into that axis of love and power and allowing ourselves to to find, find a way where we can feel connected again connected to the earth, connected to our experience of it through the senses. And so how we can nurture this, this nodal, these, this nodal axis of love and power is to really play again with that Taurus energy. We want to play with nurturing the senses. So one exercise I like to do is I love essential oils, you know, so smelling oils, (laughs) making food, Celebrating the art of making food and putting love in there. Also listening to music, listening to things that are uplifting like this podcast, listening to the birds in nature, really smelling the earth, touching the earth, you know, feeling in fabrics. Like right now you can't see me, but I'm wearing my dark emerald green velour, which feels amazing. It's super soft and fuzzy. That's another way you can start to nurture that Taurus North Node energy. And then again, also just really tuning into like the feedback that nature and the world are giving us, the synchronicities that occur. There's subtle messages being given to us all the time. It's just a matter of us being present and centered enough to receive those those messages. And so see if you can, can relate to that a little bit in your life and you know, going back to the observation and correlation, we are looking to, the more you tune in and observe, you can start to make these connections and these relationships for yourself and have your own experience with these transits. And then, you know, how we evolve with that Scorpio, that South Node in Scorpio is again to, to shed the skin, shed the layers of that which is not serving us, that which is disempowering or bringing us down. And just really having enough courage and strength around that. I mean, this is this is tough stuff. However, I would say that, you know, with that south node in Scorpio, with that south node in Scorpio, 
we can really get honest with ourselves. We can get to a place where we can start to uncover the things that maybe we haven't been, you know, that we've been hiding or keeping undercover and either start to bring that stuff to light or bury it for good. That's kind of, that's the South Node, (laughs) that's the South Node Scorpio. Either bury it and walk away or uncover it, you know? And there's something really empowering about that, about bringing things to light and tuning into that part of ourselves that's more, that's just empowered. The other, like I was using the word mystic a lot earlier when I was talking about Scorpio, and that's kind of the other thing I want to say is that the, the, the Scorpio mysticism, the, the magic within Scorpio has this effect of like, it is so deep and rich and powerful. I always think of like the Scorpio energy of being like the plankton, how they glow bright blue. You know, it's like you can't see them there and then all of a sudden they're glowing bright blue. That's kind of how the Scorpio energy is. Until we start to really look at it for what it is, it seems dull and non-existent. But when we really start to shed light and bring and bring that focus into play, it's like an electric show. It's so powerful. There's energy there. There's power. There's charge. And I feel like we're going to need that the more we move into the spring with these eclipses. Like, I feel like this is the big message again, is just like, what, what are we, what can we uncover to bring more light and more energy into the situation? And starting to like, see how that brings us more power, more chi, really. It brings us more sense of ourselves too. It's um, <laughs> like I keep using the word magician, but I also want to bring up the high priestess. <laughs> it's like all the realms. It's all the realms and and really bringing in that sense of of presence, which we've been talking about so much. It's like being fierce and in the moment and present, lit up, crowned, engaged, aware, in tune. Okay? So we're visualizing for the future through these evolutionary pathways and balancing our love and our power around that sense of self looking for communication and feedback from the world around us. One other exercise that you can do to kind of help play with this is I've been talking so much. There's a book that came out in the 90s. It's called The Celestine Prophecy. There's a movie around it too. And I reference it often because it is, it's a really fun read. It, it talks a lot about following your intuition and your instinct. It's like the book takes place and it's just the minute it starts to really pick up, it's like there's messages. It's like the right person at the right time. And the, you know, the, when we, a lot of us are seeing these synchronicities all the time. Like when we look at our phone and it's like two, 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 that's such a, when I see 11, 11, that's so much a, a guide for me that kind of lets me know I'm, I'm in the flow. I'm on the trail. I'm on the right path. 
you know, and then you have the conversation and things click and things are flowing. And it's like, that is living in rhythm for real, being in the moment and being in tune and being able to observe and catch those messages, those, that feedback from the world. That's just going to help us a little bit further down our evolutionary path. So these things are subtle, but they are happening and the stronger that we are, the clearer we are with our sense of self and our sensory system, our perceptions around our senses. I feel like that that's if we can start to really practice that and really use that as our day-to-day, like in our day-to-day toolbox and our day-to-day skill set, that's going to help us really work this nodal axis of love and power that we're gonna be playing with for the next um you know, I guess it's now the next uh, 16 months or so. So we've got some time with it. Let's play. The other thing I wanted to talk about before we close today's session is this real, real, this idea of living in rhythm, which we talk about. We'll talk about it all the time. The The true living in rhythm is, is like I say so often, tuning to oneself and really being present and in the moment in such a way where we're in tune with nature, we're in tune with life, where we're in the flow, we're in, we're in sync with, with life, life's pulse itself. And that requires us harmonizing our own pulse. So the last couple of weeks, I've really talked about that heartbeat and the breath's timing and really honoring our own rhythm in that. And so as we core, as we calibrate our core center of gravity and we start to feel that rhythmic pulse of our own nature, then we can start to synchronize cosmically with the sun and the moon and the rhythms of the seasons and the planetary transits. That is the art and science of living in rhythm. Now there's other many, there's many other layers that go on to that, but these are foundational parts, keys for the living in rhythm is tuning the self and then tuning to the environment. And I, I guess my main hope and prayer for all of us moving into this new moon cycle is to really see if we can't start to engage and embody it in our day-to-day lives. It's, it's no longer, in my personal opinion, it's no longer enough to just have the notes or to have the book on the shelf or have taken the course or been certified in the course or certified in the practice. These are the days of the living practice, the living in rhythm. It's, an, it's a true embodiment and a, a presence that, that we have to show up and practice throughout the day, in our personal lives, in our own unique way, because we all have something that we're working on and something that we're evolving through and to. And that's up to us in our own life, in our own way to start to to define what that is and how we want to manifest it. And so the springtime, the new moon of the first new moon of the spring is, is a real, again, and we're just like in this place where we have a beautiful opportunity to begin to, to actually get that rhythmic rebirth, to be able to say, okay, I'm in this new phase. I'm right in tune with nature as far as beginning. And so, and really being able to live through this new beginning in a conscientious way. And so, 
I, you know, I just hoping for all of us to be able to start to live it on the day to day. Like I want the practice to start to be, I mean, I know it is a part of my life and one of the things I, my day to day life. And one of the things I share with my students and my clients is that if we can do it little bits at a time throughout the day. So just dropping into that centering practice that we did at the beginning of this session and just tuning into our field, feeling that rhythmic pulse of our own nature, feeling it harmonizing with the rhythmic pulse of nature and the world around me. That's going to start to harmonize some of the frequencies on the planet. And then the more of us that are doing that, the better you know, so this is, this is what we want to do. We want to start to really practice and live our lessons, what we've been learning and what we've, what we're ready to, where we're ready to go into the future, you know, like how we want to evolve from what we've learned. Cause there's been a lot of learning the last couple of years. So just tuning in here and there throughout the day, little bits that starts to add up and it starts to become a practice. And then before you know it, it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I'm loving these sessions. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you listening and for you engaging. And again, all the wonderful feedback I'm getting. I really appreciate it. If you're if you want to go a little deeper, let's book a sesh. You can go to livinginrhythm.com and schedule that. And also, I'll be talking about it, but stay tuned. I want, I'm going to be doing a little eclipse series coming up in the next couple weeks that will entail a little study on a little study on the aspects and and you know in depth into the eclipse season that's coming up. But also, we'll have some group interaction as well, which will be fun. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, happy new moon. Much love, y'all. Peace.